Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. What's up and welcome to Spoko Radio presented by Blackheart, Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me as always, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jer, have you done any Christmas shopping yet? No, no Christmas shopping for me. I'm a bah humbug, big time Scrooge. I did do a little black shopping uh, for myself, though, if that counts. Black Friday shopping? We're just going to clarify that, not black shopping? Whoops. <laughs> no black, little black Friday shopping for Jer. No Christmas shopping. And also with us, it's the people's champ, David Johnson champ. Do you have your Hanukkah shopping done yet? I have not. I did pick a date for my family Hanukkah party, though, and that was a very difficult thing to do with both families trying Eight to get that together. So that's nice. uh, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. It's a very difficult thing, even coming marrying into a very large family and trying to find a time for everybody to get together. I concur. It is difficult to do. Guys, subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, wherever. Where I'm pretty sure the Black Heart Gold Pants podcast feed is there. Make sure you guys are subscribing, sharing with your friends, telling all your friends how funny and how great we all are for you week in and week out. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We love to tweet with you guys, especially since there's a little bit less football content to go around. We uh, like to tweet a little bit more nonsense, so follow along and uh, get in on the conversation. Guys, let's kick off the show with a little bit of football talk because the playoff field was announced this week, and with that, the all the other bowl games and our Iowa Hawkeyes are taking on the USC Trojans in the Holiday Bowl in late December. First of all, I think a lot of Iowa Hawkeye fans are very excited about going back to the Holiday Bowl for the first time, I think, since like 1991. I mean, I need to fact check me on that on that date, but it's been a long time since I was been in the Holiday Bowl. Also, the last time the Big Ten can go to the Holiday Bowl because the ACC is taking the Big Ten spot moving forward. But guys, what are your thoughts overall? Jerry, you made a little bit of headlines on Twitter this today or this week about uh, the bowl games not really mattering. Where are you at with this, with the bowl draw and the bowl game overall? I mean, when the rumor was out that we had the potential to play in Alabama and it was a legit shot, that I was all for it. And the reason I was all for that is because Iowa has nothing to lose in that game. They have everything to gain. If you go and beat Alabama with or without Tua, with or without some of the professional players that are sitting out more than likely, that's a big-time win that we will never, ever forget. Beating Alabama has sway. Beating USC in the shitty Pac-12 that I have continuously talked about, great. It's another win. But to me, bowl games at this point, unless you're playing like a big marquee matchup, which I don't think USC is anymore. I'm sorry, guys. It's extra practices and the opportunity for a lot of these kids that are going to be playing next year to solidify themselves and get a head start on the spring. That's just what I think. I mean, it's it's hard to have that argument. But, Champ, are you more excited for this game than Jerry is? I would say I'm a little more excited, but Jerry's not wrong with his take at all. I mean, that that all of what he just said is very true. USC is not what they used to be. They fired, not fired, brought back Helton 17 times. I think he's coaching this game, but who knows? He could get fired before then. 
I mean, it like it is. It does. It is kind of funny though that we do end up playing UFC USC because Jerry was just shitting all over <laughs> USC in the Pac-12 for most of the year. I think in our very first show of of Spoko Radio, he mentioned what a horrible job USC is and that nobody wants to go there anymore. And then Iowa ends up playing him in the bowl game. That's just a funny little sidebar, but. And I'm so glad he brought it up because everybody has done what with USC so far? They've used them as a platform to get a raise or more money with their current team. They sell like that's the White Sox. That's what the Sox. USC job is that's now. What, that's what the USC is, the White Sox. That's nice. And you, nobody wants to be the White Sox, not even players. It, yep. It's it's rough. I don't really want to get into the White Sox. But so I know you guys are – I mean, Jerry, you're specifically – more bummed out that it's not a game versus Alabama. But if you go look through all these bowl matchups, Iowa-USC is one of the better bowl games overall. So is this just a larger thing of just having too many bowl games and just not seeing the, their importance? So here's the deal. The reason I even put that tweet out there, it's not that I'm a curmudgeon that hates bowl season. I love bowl season. I gamble on sports. This is a great opportunity for me to use house money and see how much I really know about these teams. But when it comes to bowl season, when fans start arguing with other fans, telling them that their bowl is the better bowl because of the date and time of which that bowl takes place, I have an issue with that. Because honestly, none of this shit matters unless you're the four teams in the playoff. All these other games, despite maybe the Rose Bowl for a Big Ten team, which I still think has a lot of sway and importance for a lot of us, when you're not in any of those five different games, all of this stuff is an exhibition. It's a practice. This is an opportunity. Yes, more football, more better. I'm all for it. But outside of that, this means literally nothing. If they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. We get a we get a, a, a swanky trophy and those players get some free swag. Great. Good for them. They deserve free swag. They deserve money in my eyes. But all the rest of this means nothing to me. I mean, that's a fair, that's a fair take, uh, champ. A lot of the people, especially lately, a lot of college players now, they sit out these bowl games and they go if they're if they're going to the NFL, they're sitting out and getting ready for their for their next step in their career. I think a lot of the Iowa guys who talked on Sunday after the bowl was announced, uh, the ones that did have NFL aspirations, for the most part, they all I think they all said that they were definitely playing. Do you think these guys like AJ Epinesa and Tristan Wirfs and Alaric Jackson should they be playing in this game? I mean, I think they should. I I understand the argument that they shouldn't and they should just rest up. For the NFL, but at the same at the same time, a great game by AJ Epinesa or even an Alaric Jackson could elevate them even more. I mean, AJ Epinesa on a big stage against USC, if he goes out there and dominates, maybe he goes from let's say the 15th pick in the draft to the fifth pick in the draft, and that's a significant amount of money. Same thing for Alaric Jackson. Maybe he's on the fence right now of even going into the NFL, and he and he puts on a big time performance for the scouts out there to watch because I'm sure there'll be a lot of NFL scouts at these bowl games if he goes out there and has a big time game maybe all of a sudden he becomes a second round pick and then he can go to the nfl i that i don't want i would love Alaric jackson to come back for iowa next year and be a stud lineman and then be a first round pick 
But for the player themselves, I think this is another opportunity to put out game film, to go out, play well, and get themselves up. For guys that, like, let's say, for instance, if Joe Burrow's LSU team was playing in a bowl game that didn't matter, then, yeah, there's no point for him to play in a game like this because he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. So there, if there's no way to go up or to move up significantly, then, yeah, I don't, I don't see a point for these players to play in games like that. Champ, you lead me to a take I kind of believe in, in this specifically to Iowa. You mentioned Joe Burrow. If it was a meaningless bowl game, he probably should sit it out because he doesn't really benefit, have anything to benefit from it. I kind of feel the same way about Nate Stanley. I kind of feel like everyone knows who he is. One good game isn't going to move him drastically up or drastically down. If he has a bad game, drastically down. To Jerry's point about these being exhibition games, that's all that they are. You get the extra practices at the end of the season to get the young guys ready for the future. Why not take that a step forward or a step further? Why can't Spencer Petrus start this bowl game and see what he has going into next year? That, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with that. I've seen enough of Nate Stanley to know what he is, and even Jerry admitted that a couple weeks ago, which – shocked us all so I would be fine with that I mean they're the offense this week or not this week but when they play USC in a couple weeks is going to have to score a lot of points so he might as well see if Spencer can do it in a in a game like that because USC's offense is probably going to put up some points and listen I get I get a bowl game is an exhibition if it's these last games for a lot of these guys in college Nate Stanley going off his Iowa career putting a bookmark on it with a with a nice win over USC, the 10th win of the Iowa season, all that stuff is great. But if we really care, if, if I mean, at the end of the day, a 10th win in this season doesn't mean anything. It's 10 wins. It's just a number. I would much rather have to know that the fact that Iowa's returned so much talent in the skill positions and on the offensive line and the defensive side of the football, that, question, that quarterback will be the biggest question mark next year going into the season for this Iowa Hawkeye football team. I would like to know from as quickly as I can get it against a high-quality opponent if Spencer Petrus is the guy. I think that's a fair assessment. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I would be just fine. Even let's say you want to start Nate Stanley, you want to get him a few series, and then you want to sprinkle in a little Petrus just to see what he can do, I'd be fine with that too. But, yeah, I mean, it comes down to the fact if they're going to be a 9-4 and four team or a 10-3 and three team and finish, like, anywhere between 12th and 20th in the rankings. Are we really going to remember, oh, the 10-3 and three Iowa team finished 12th in the nation or the 9-4 and four Iowa team finished 20th? I don't think anyone's going to really remember that. I'm going to take this a step further. If I'm Nate Stanley, I'm not playing in this game. The tape's out on Nate Stanley. If he makes a long-distance pass, long-distance pass, but a, like a down-the-field pass, is that really going to change any of the scouts' minds? Or is it going to change their minds when they go to his pro day and he's starting to make in those types of passes? They can see his arm up close. Or is it going to happen at the actual like, combine where they can kind of see him perform? Those are the, going to be the situations. Having him come and meet with them, having him talk to them in their own place, having him work out for them individually, that's where Nate Stanley is either going to shine or or do detriment to himself, but playing in this game means absolutely nothing. And on top of that, what's been the biggest bugaboo for the Iowa offense this year? It's the interior of the offensive line. What does yep. Nate Stanley have a lot to lose is if the interior of the line collapses and he gets his he gets killed and he now gets a serious injury in the bowl game. And then yeah, all of a sudden true. he's playing in the XFL instead of the NFL. 
Yes, it's true. It's I mean, to to me, like I would love to see Nate Sandler wrap his career in like but at the end of the day, it's a holiday bowl. It's not for a national championship. It's not for a Big Ten championship. It's for the tenth win and maybe maybe an outside chance at, a t- at the tenth spot in the ranking. But the champs are probably more likely in twelfth or thirteenth, and that's it. Are are either of you gonna buy a holiday bowl champion T-shirt? Nope, zero chance. Champ might have. Are it's on either sale. of you going to remember this is a, a big time win a year or two from now? No, I couldn't remember last when we, we played Tennessee or Florida in bowl games. Right, those games are completely out of your mind. Mississippi State still holds some, I think, some sway because they did it without their tight ends, and that was a top ten defense. But those guys sat out too, so really, that game is just like you have to wait it somehow. And then the only thing I remember about the pinstripe bowl is they were literally playing on an ice rink. That's all I remember about that. I know they won, but that's all I remember about that game. Right. So yet again, my point stands. I don't want to be the the Grinch of bowl season, but like. If you're not playing for the chip and you're not playing for Big Ten championships, this game, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get all jacked up and then yell at Iowa State fans that our game actually has more significance, especially the fact when the majority of these people couldn't even tell you the the name before the Holiday Bowl. Could either of you tell me the full name before the Holiday Bowl? Nope. The uh, No. San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Nobody knows the f- that is. The sponsor? Yeah, I mean, if you're in San Diego, you might. I barely right. knew it was even in San Diego until it was announced. <laughs> I knew it was on the West Coast, but I didn't. I mean, I don't remember which you know city specifically. And like so. when we post this, and people are listening, and people are going to be really mad at us, and that's fine. Like you're allowed to be mad at us. Like we get it. But I think, and like as Jerry said, it's going to be football. We're going to love watching it. We're going to root for Iowa. We're going to we. I mean, hundred percent. All this stuff's true, but at the end of the day. It's a meaningless football. Like, this game literally has less meaning than any- than even the Miami of Ohio game in the beginning of the season. It does. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, this, this, we're there. This is what you played. To, this is the, the ending is what you play for. And here we are on the Holiday Bowl. The only and that, reason... And, and it, Go ahead. The other, the other part that drives me nuts is that people think, like, there's this superior ranking of bowl games that you get slotted into based on like your ranking on the AP poll or the playoff poll. But that's not the case at all. This is all affiliation based and a bunch of rich dudes and women get into a room and, and pick a bunch of teams based on the fan bases that are probably going to travel to their, their arena. Like this, like you can't tell me that the holiday bowl or the Alamo bowl or whatever bowl means more or less because it doesn't. These, these P teams, the big 10 pays to be in these bowl games. And therefore these teams pick a team that is going to travel better. So they get more money. This is a money grab bar none. And that's a great point. These bowl games exist as a vacation destination for fans, which is great. A lot of people plan their, their yearly vacations to go to the, to bowl games because it's to go someplace warm, especially if you're a Northern team like Iowa, get out, get away from the winter for, for a few days. And it, it all is that. But in reality, Jerry, if this game was, let's say, at the end of the season like it's like it is right now, and USD was coming to Iowa City to play on the two days after Christmas, what's attendance going to look like in that game? In Kinnick Stadium. It's going oh, th- to be sold out for sure. Oh, sold out for you sure. You think? It's, they, there's literally nothing on the line. I think yeah, it'll be sold, out. be sold it's out. It's Iowa football. It's, it's Iowa football in a state that doesn't have a professional team playing for like a playoff spot. I think there's going to be a lot less question than is, you guys both think. Let's assume, let's assume for a second that the Holiday Bowl was in Detroit, but it's still the Holiday Bowl, and they're playing USC. People going to Detroit? 
Nope. People, people jacked go, up people, people didn't Detroit? even go to Yankee Stadium when they played in the pinstripe ball. So why would they want to go to Detroit? So it goes back to my original Detroit. question. Would you Sorry for our Detroit listeners, horrible city. <laughs> So my, my counter to you guys saying that is that Iowa didn't even sell out the Illinois game. They didn't even sell out the Minnesota game. Well, USC people want to see that because USC Are USC a fans traveling to Iowa City the two days after Christmas? No, but Iowa fans will sell that out themselves. I mean, Minnesota was literally playing in for the Big Ten West, and they couldn't even and they couldn't even come sell out Kinnick Stadium into four-hour drive south. That's a Minnesota problem, not a Kinnick problem. I'm just saying, I don't think I don't think it's going to be as widely attended when literally nothing is on the line. And you're asking people to come to that game. That's just. I mean that. Your bait. What you're arguing is true. I just think if it's at home at Kinnick, they're going to get good attendance. But if it's in the middle of South Dakota, no, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what I mean. So why are we arguing with Iowa State fans that our bowl is better than them, or that we had a better season than them? The only thing that you need to go on back to Iowa State fans is the fact that they muffed the punt for to let Iowa win for the like umpteenth time in a row. Yeah, they so haven't beaten Iowa in five matters, straight years. Is we've beaten them five fucking years in a row. That should be your only thing that matters against Iowa State fans. Hey, Iowa State fans, your little brother until we tell you you're not. That's what we should tell him. <laughs> Champ hit the nail on the head. As usual, he puts the, the bow on the present as we are in full holiday season here. All right, guys, any other bowl game thoughts before we uh, move on to basketball here? One thing I am excited about within within this bowl game is to see how the secondary plays against USC's receivers and quarterback. I think that's going to be a nice little test at the end of the season because we know USC is going to go four wide throughout the game. It'll be a nice test to see what the cornerbacks, some of these young guys, the nickelbacks, the safeties, see what they do against USC. <laughs> the only problem, champ, is if Graham Harrell ends up leaving and going to, to Texas, then what are they going to run on offense? <laughs> Very good point. That's also true. Again, another reason that bowl games don't matter. Coaches just will pick up and leave before their bowl games are even played. See Memphis. Exactly, guys. So last year, or maybe two years ago, boys, when we had our old podcast, we did a bet on all the bowl pickums. It was a mustache bet, picks against the spread. Loser had to grow a mustache until opening day of baseball season. Champ lost. I am proposing that we bring back a wager of some sort and see if we have our fine listeners who have a similar wager to growing a mustache, so nothing too crazy, but something that could be made fun of on Twitter and something of that nature. If the three of us pick bowls against the spread this year, we can start our picks next for next week's show because the first bowl game is not until next Friday. But are you guys open to something like that? Yeah, I mean, considering I lost, I want to redeem myself and let's go, let's do it. Maybe like a little. A little faux hawk, mohawk type thing for the hair. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Ooh, champ. Wow, DC cutting off that head of hair of his would that, be... I mean, DC Ooh. would be throwing up a lot more in that wager than me and you, Jerome, <laughs> considering we're yeah. a nice little 4-1 fade for me and like a 1 all the way around for you. I don't think that would be too hard. Yeah, for I'd me. just end up looking like Chuck Liddell. <laughs> yeah, especially now with no beard. I mean, now you just look like a 12-year-old Chuck Liddell. <laughs> So, guys, if you guys are on Twitter, you guys have thoughts on what we should wager for this bowl pick um, hit us up on Twitter at Dave Cray, at Shy People Champ, and at Jerry Sherwin. We would love to hear your ideas as we get ready for bowl season. Let's move to basketball, guys. Big time play officially kicked off for the Hawkeyes. Iowa lost the game to Michigan and uh, beat Minnesota very handily so far to kick things off in big time play. 
as uh, the season starts early nowadays in, in the conference. But I think the big thing to take away from these Big Ten games and, and even all the early games overall is just Luca Garza. Champ, you hit – we always go back to it in our group text. Every basketball game, Luca Garza is playing like a wolf, not like a sheep. And I just feel like you – like where are you guys at with Luca Garza? Champ, we'll start with you. He's your boy. Where do you – what do you feel about Luca Garza going the rest of the season? I honestly feel right now in, with, in all of college basketball, Luca Garza is playing the best of anybody in college basketball right now. I think he, if the season ended today, obviously it doesn't, but if the season ended today, Luca Garza is your national player of the year. That's how good he's playing. I mean, the guy scored 44 points the other night against Michigan, absolutely beasting. No one, one other guy ended up getting in double figures. But for most of that game, we were looking as we were at the Bulls game this weekend, watching that box score in the second half, just looking at the box score and seeing Luca Garza with 38 points. Nobody else had six. I mean, the guy is playing absolutely awesome. He's leading Iowa. They've needed almost every bit of it in most of these games, with the exception of the Minnesota game where we blew them out. But we've needed everything and everything from Luca Garza, and he's providing that. He's playing awesome. It's great to see, and it's exactly what we wanted coming into the season. Champ, Champ, you would think, is going out on a limb saying Luca Garza's player of the year so far through the season. But if you go to KenPom.com and you pull up his own player of the year ranking so far through this point in the season, Luca Garza's eighth. He's right there in the conversation with the best of the best in college basketball. So, Jared, I mean, is it out of the realm of possibilities if he keeps us up that he's in that legitimate discussion at the end of the year? Absolutely not. Luca Garza, as Champ has mentioned, he stole the show there. He, he stole the show from the beginning when we did the movie court episode. Luca Garza is playing at a level that not only makes him the team MVP, but puts him in contention for Big Ten Player of the Year and Most Improved. What we are seeing right now is absolutely legendary comparative to year-over-year types of statistics and gameplay. The guy is second in minutes, and if I would have told you at the beginning of the year, I think all of us would have agreed there's no shot that he's going to be playing nearly 30 minutes a game. And on top of it, he's going to go go off for nearly 23 points on 55% shooting and 43% from three. Like this guy is an all-around stud right now, and you have to go. You have to just be happy to watch him. Whether Iowa makes it to the tournament or not doesn't really matter to me because we are watching one of the best Iowa performances right now, and that's going to stick with me for a very long time. So I think that goes into the next guy who we thought needed to have a big season. That's Joe Wieskamp. He turned it on versus Minnesota. Finally, finally turned it on. Was this Minnesota game, Jer, the turning point that Joe Wieskamp needed to get going this season? It better be because there's going to be a player that's going to have his last game tonight. And if that happens, not even if, when that happens, Wieskamp's going to have to step up and he's going to have to be that NBA type player that we thought is going to flirt with leaving after the end of this year. And I think he finally showed that against Minnesota. He was aggressive. He was a two-way player. He was blocking shots, hitting threes with ease. Everything about his game was next level. And if him and Luka can do that for the remainder of the Big Ten schedule, Iowa's going to win a lot of basketball games, and we're going to get back to the tournament, which I don't think any of us thought was going to happen. No, I mean, I think we all, we all thought it would be great if they just could get in, and now there's all of this up in the air on Jordan Bohannon coming back, whether you know he's going to sit after this Iowa State game and what's going to happen. But I think in a lot of question marks on, on what they're going to do, but they went on – a neutral site beat Texas Tech. They went to Syracuse and won. They beat a okay Minnesota team so far. And 
who knows what they're gonna do against Iowa State, and it's, it's all right for all right in front of them. But Champ, like, is Joe Wieskamp the guy that's gonna have to step up, or is there somebody else who has to become? Is, does he need to be that that go-to guy behind Luca Garza? I think he does. I mean, when he's aggressive like he was in that Minnesota game, he's a whole different player. He From the get-go against Minnesota, he was catching and shooting. He was taking guys off the dribble, going to the rack. He was turning his good defense into offense. That block at the end of the first half where he took it down and dunked the ball, that's the type of thing we need from Joe Wieskamp. Turn your aggressive defense. He's a very good defender. Turn that into instant offense. Don't be afraid to go down there, take a shot at the beginning of the shot clock. It's okay if you miss it. You're one of our best scoring options. I would much rather have him shooting 15 times a game than games where he shoots four or five times. That, to me, is unacceptable. You need to shoot the ball more than five times in a game. Get to the rack, shoot threes. You're good at both of those things. And continue to show it to us, Joe. So, Champ, if he's your second banana to Luca Garza's first banana, who is that third guy? If Jer, if Jer's prediction here and what Jer's seeing is true, Jordan Bohannon's going to sit out. I have sources. I'm not saying I have sources. But you're saying it because you're it's sourced through people you know that mm-hmm. Jordan Bohannon is not going to play again this season after the Iowa State game. Who needs to be that third banana, that Chris Bosh type from the Miami Heat dates when he was a third wheel? The, the last piece of the big three. Is it Connor McCaffrey? I actually, can I, I'm going to start. I actually think it is. Yeah. No, I that, think it is Connor McCaffrey because I read last night Connor McCaffrey has one of the best assist to turnover ratios in the entire nation. And last night when he was on the court, Iowa was a plus 26, the best on the team. Connor McCaffrey, as much as we make fun of him, is definitely more aggressive this year with his jump shot. It's definitely got a hell of a lot better, and he's gotten a hell of a lot better getting to the rack and scoring. It may not look pretty. His jumper still doesn't look all that pretty, but if it's going in at the rate it's going in right now, which is way better than it is last year, he's going to play. We all know that. His dad is the coach, and he trusts him, and the players trust him, and he's actually performing pretty well. I think it's Connor McCaffrey. I think he's going to have to elevate his game. I think now he's averaging right around six or seven points a game. I think he's going to have to average 11 or 12 points a game for Iowa to be a tournament team. He's going to get the minutes. He's very well trusted with this whole coaching staff, obviously with his father. And I think it's him. If he can elevate that scoring and still average five or six assists a game, this Iowa team is going to take off with or without Jordan Bohannon. So I, I think you're not wrong, and I think that it, it's it's about time that we as a show basically say we were wrong, right? We all thought Conor McCaffrey wasn't going to do much for this team this year. We knew he was going to play a lot, but we didn't think he would actually contribute much. And yeah, con- we told him to go play baseball, we honestly. Did. We did. <laughs> we did. Uh, that, that was mostly me and my movie quote, but I, I was definitely wrong. He's definitely been a calming presence. He's basically what I thought Bakari Evelyn was going to be. He's on the court. He facilitates the basketball very, very well. He protects the basketball very well. But I think this this third banana wheel needs to be two guys. I think it needs to be McCaff- Connor McCaffrey. And I also think it needs to be Ryan Creener off the bench. I think you need that bench, that guy off the bench who's going to provide that some, you know, dirty points, go on the board, do that kind of that dirty stuff that can kind of keep an energy level up because I think one thing we're going to see, hopefully, is one thing we talked about last week, is Fran keeping the rotation small. And when that happens, you guys, you, they need to manufacture energy on the floor a lot of times. And that's where guys like Conor McCaffrey and Ryan Kriner can come in handy. 
Those are guys who are very scrappy, get on the floor, a big block, a big steal, a, a big loose ball. It just energizes the entire team. And so that type of stuff, when you're when you're down a guy like Jordan Bohanna might be, and, and Jack Nunji and, and Patrick McCaffrey is also kind of likely going to be out from a, a lot more time. You need that energy that you can kind of feed off in games, and those are the guys that I think need to really step up and be the third wheel. Jerry, what about you? Uh, I I really champion kind of changed my mind there a little bit on Connor McCaffrey. I was still a little down on him, but that stat speaks for itself. He's also playing the third most minutes on this team right now, so that's only probably going to continue to go up. He's he's always been a great passer and the only dude that we could actually do an entry pass with. So for Luca to get the ball, Connor's going to have to be on the floor more than likely. But I still think that if I were to ask you guys how many threes Bohannon has taken to this point in the season, do you know what that number is? I do not. You have a guess. Uh, I'm going to guess they've played 11 games, right? Or 10. Seven, 10. Seven and three. I'm going to guess he's attempted 46 threes. I will say 60. He's attempted 54. You're both like square in the middle. So those those attempts per game are going to go away. So to me, that means CJ Frederick's going to have to be the one to step up. Right now, he is the best three-point shooter statistically on the team. He is, I believe, he is 15 for 29. So above 50%. That number is going to get up, and that percentage is going to go down a little bit. But I think he has the biggest opportunity here to grow and show Iowa fans that, yes, while Jordan Bohannon is going to be a big-time miss, he can come in and still do the same type of things while maybe also being a little bit better of a defender. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. I, I think there's actually a lot of options to be that third banana, and I think that's a good thing because I think you can almost rotate it, right? You can feed the hot hand that, on a given night, and I think that's what a lot of this, this Iowa team is going to do. I think it's what we talked about last week, right? Keeping a short bench or short rotation, getting keeping guys kind of always in, but then also feeding that hot guy. If whoever hot that night, let him feed off of uh, Wieskamp and Garza moving forward. And I think they can make up a little bit of this loss to Jordan Bohannon after the Iowa State game. And here's fingers crossed that Jared's wrong. Jared's choices are wrong, and we got a full season of Jordan Bohannon. I truly hope that's true. Yeah, as do I. Guys, anything else has been a very, very short show than what we'd normally have done. But we're kind of in between here, between a in down period coming up for basketball and the football season wrapping up. Any other thoughts you guys want to share this week before we uh, sign off? I think uh, the game against Iowa State, uh, which will be tonight when you guys are listening because this drops on Thursday, I think it's a big game for the Iowa program. They haven't beat Iowa State in a few years. I think this would be a nice statement win. Iowa is moving up the Ken Palm rankings. This would be another win that could move them up even more in those rankings and help them uh, make a tournament run. And, yeah, let's go get the win. Let's beat Iowa State and just continue our domination of little brother. We can just move it into basketball season. Champ, it's, it's not even an understatement to say I don't think Iowa's won in Iowa State since early 2000s. Yeah, that's Ugh. a long time. So it's it's time to kind of get that going and uh, and maybe uh, maybe maybe Iowa pulls a win. Do you, so, Jared, do you think Iowa pulls off this win on Thursday night? Uh, I don't think that they're going to, but I do think it's going to be a very close game. But again, just like this Bohannon stuff, I hope that he gets his signature win that he's looking for before he gets sent off and takes his red shirt to get his other side of his hip healthy. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Hawks win. They're gonna go go out for Jobo, knowing it's it's his last game, last go around. Win one for Jobo, and uh, reclaim the Cyhawk, the full Cyhawk series win for men's basketball and football. I agree. I think they're getting the dub as well. I think they're going in there pulling the upset, and the Hawkeyes are gonna move to eight and three on the year. All right, guys. Well, follow us on Twitter at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, at Dave Cray, and at BHGP. Tweet us at what you think our wager should be for the bowl pick'em this bowl season as we make our picks starting next week for the bowl against the spread picks. Is what we do usually as just as three friends all all uh, every year. But uh, we want to make it interactive, so tweet us what you guys think our wager should be, and we might we might pick it. For Champ, for Jer, I'm DC. We'll do, uh, talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Trick or treat, Iowa City. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.